0: what's poppin', slime
1: (laughs) welcome back everybody (laughs) welcome to when the going gets tough with adam giard and myself sean kate
0: wow dude what an honor to be the first name the drake to the josh
1: you are you are the drake (laughs) to josh
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah dude welcome back everybody we're super super stuck dude i love doing these i look forward to this this is like something
1: i don't like gloom over i'm like finally we get to do another podcast (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's always, it's always like, yeah, it's not homework at all. No. It's like, it's like a fun workout. It's like the workout that you look forward to.
0: Yes. Yes. I don't know what workout I look forward to the most. I'll go down like a rabbit hole. It doesn't matter. Back. I do. It's back. Okay. I know what I'd like the most. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So today, Sean and I are just going to do like a quick little autobiography, if I dare say.
1: Yeah. A little, a little intro for both of us, a little, a little context on our lives, why we decided to do this podcast and just give you guys a little bit of backstory so you know when we reference things what we're talking about if we have any credibility whatsoever yeah um. her <laughs> experience
0: to an extent yeah cool well I'm gonna get the yeah. ball rolling because we got two people to do testimonies so basically when it comes down to I feel like like what as like Sean said what like what we're gonna touch on the most is probably just the idea of like how we got going. To an extent, mm. I know, play on words mm. from you know the How the, the tough got guy
1: going, yeah.
0: But basically, just like how we found like our favorite form of like exercise, movement, and then like how we've stayed consistent, like pitfalls, how we've recovered, and like just basically how things have started to like shift in our like training styles or like how we outlook on life and
1: like a lot of things like that. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you
0: care if I just do a cannonball right on into it?
1: No, dude, go for it.
0: All right, sweet. All right, so I would say probably starting point always an athletic child i was doing swim team from an early early years playing all sports of some sorts the terrible toddler to- like soccer where basically the ball just bounces back and forth like pinball until <laughs> Dude, it goes that was goal. so
1: fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like i did all like the n- normal stuff but i think like one thing i was doing like from an early age was like my dad would make me go train with him basically he'd be like we're going for a five mile run let's go and i'd be like no dad i really don't want it. dad and he's like no we're going <laughs> Dang, how old were you uh, he would do this to me like in middle school, probably. Oh, I mean, like, man. And so like middle school was like I was running a lot. And then I think in eighth grade, I don't know when it hit me. but like, I started getting into biking with my dad. So we'd go on bike rides. But like that kind of like regiment of like training definitely kind of like ling- lingered in my head where it's like, okay, when I'd finished that, I wouldn't feel guilty going downstairs and playing video games the rest of the day because I knew I just ran mm. five miles. So I-, I just kind of like started figuring that out at an early age. But it was all cardio sports. So I was very skinny and lean. And that kind of translated over to like how I approached everything athletic wise. Like Sean, and I both played lacrosse and I was a long stick midi when I became good at lacrosse because I had to switch basically because I stunk at short pole. But I was an LSM and I was long, super skinny, but I was very fast and like very well conditioned. And so like that kind of naturally translated over to track and field once I got to high school as well. And so I would just like bounce between those two. I would do like lacrosse and then track and field. So I was a beanpole. Like I I was just like so, so skinny, which is not a bad thing. It was just like how my body was conditioned. Like it was conditioned out to be lightweight and explosive, fast twitch muscles, stuff like that. But this is where it gets interesting, Sean. All right. This is where the rubber meets the road. And you're thinking, Adam, now you're some D-bag bodybuilder, right? I'm kidding I'm not a bodybuilder <laughs> but I definitely do like more like strength training now like that's my preferred type style of training and a lot of this like switched when I was a freshman in my sophomore year I was doing lacrosse workouts which were quote unquote mandatory basically meaning if you want a chance of making a team you better show up to these so you get your yeah. face familiar and we see your effort and stuff like that and like I hated them dude. I would show up and I was <laughs> so weak. I was so weak. I was so insecure. And I was like, this is the worst. Nobody wanted to be my lifting partner. So I'd show up and I'd be like, who wants to be like my partner? And would be like, okay, like sure, I'll volunteer to be Adams like lifting, buddy. but- uh, Like
1: picked last on the dodgeball team. Yeah,
0: literally. That's how it was. So like, uh, yeah, but it kind of sucked. It was like a big bummer for sure. But like, I just remember like going through those workouts, like being super sore and just like, because I was uncomfortable the whole time, I just like immediately correlated like working out and lifting with this stinks it's not for me it's just Mm. i'm just not meant for it like i'm a small skinny guy like i'm just not meant for it then like one day we're doing squats i just remember i like would not commit to a full range of motion i would just like do a pulse and just stand up and like my jv coach came up to me and goes adam if there's one thing i want you to work on i was like i want you to get comfortable being uncomfortable most classic quote ever and I remember hearing I mean, that.
1: it's fire. It's so
0: good. I just remember hearing it and I was like, whatever. Coach it's simple, Stierborn. but it
1: like means a lot.
0: Yes. And it totally did. Cause it was like, they like, he didn't call me out, but he did call me out. He's like, you're clearly, like, you're clearly quitting because you just don't like it rather than you were quitting scared because you're not capable. Exactly. So it's just like yeah. fear controlling me in that area. So you think, wow, Adam heard that, flipped a switch and was like, dude. I'm going heavy in the weights. You know, I'm getting uncomfortable. No, I avoided workouts until basically the season started. And then I went back to workouts. So like after that workout, I don't think I showed up for the rest of the season. And I proceeded to do like my running and other stuff with track and field. Fastest mile time. But as I said, avoided a strength training. Did lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quit after my sophomore year. Didn't like the kids. Stuck to track and field full time. And then Sean and, where Sean and I met, which was rowing which you'll also talk on
1: shout out to annapolis junior rowing yeah ajr so we met there and <laughs> that was
0: like i was still the skinny kid but i like as you do rowing sean knows this it's like you start to get like oh my gosh my back's getting bigger my legs are getting bigger like you feel strong and you're like it feels good
1: so it's like yeah i mean you're hitting a like two hour workout five days a week you're eating like a hog
0: yeah dude I mean, you're going you're going to a uh, whatever that burger yeah. place was before it burned down yeah. you.
1: <laughs> uh, what was that called?
0: I don't know. I'm trying to think now. Yeah. That was crazy. T-Burger t Yes. Yeah. It was the only time I ever went and then it burnt down like a week That later. was
1: the only time I think I've ever been was after yeah. rowing practice. Yeah. That's so funny.
0: But yeah. So like that happened. I basically got tricked into like lifting because I didn't know it was like a lot of strength training, but it was. And that was yeah. great because that's where I got the bug. Like, I met Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, that's kind of important. But besides <laughs> that, I like got the bug and I started, I was doing track and field full time, but then I started going to the gym, like the local gym and just doing classic, like high school lifting things, bicep curls straight to bench press, straight to like two squats to like, you're just bouncing around. Like a, you don't know what you're doing. You're just but trying you're, to lift heavy weight. Exactly. But you're enjoying it. Cause you're like, this is cool. You know, I feel good. I like, I like how this makes me feel. I can see a couple veins in my forearms, bro. Like you just like, you feel good. So I was doing that. And then like slowly over time, I just started being like, huh, maybe I should like take this more seriously. And like listening to the guys that would give me advice in the gym, like the old elders, like the super jack construction guys. It's like those guys would give you advice. Man, that was
1: some gym you were at.
0: (laughs) It was sick. There's a guy named Kevin. I always wanted to like run into Kevin again because he would always be like he's like he'd always like tell me what he was doing. He was so jacked. But then he'd also be like, dude, you got to eat some peanut butter cups, man. He's like, you're so skinny, man. You got some, you need to put some fat on your bones, bro. <laughs> so he'd like always tell me what to do. But yeah, so like I basically just like kept taking that advice and just like started to get on a split where you're like, okay, I'll do push day, pull day, leg, shoulders, and then like finally got into routine. I was like, this is what I do now. I was like, hmm. my senior year in the fall, I didn't do a sport for the first time. I was wide open all fall. And I was like, I'm going to the gym every day. So that's where like really I got hooked. Because like, you only
1: Man. did a rowing junior year,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. In the fall, the fall seasons throughout high school was where I switched sports every year. I did like unified tennis, cross country, then rowing. And then my senior year, I was like, I don't want to do a sport. I was like, I just want to lift. I want to like focus on getting stronger. So that's what I did. And I, I made like all right progress. You make newbie gains. Basically, you're doing everything wrong, but you still put on muscle because it's a new thing for you.
1: And then we could get into the science behind that, but not while Adam's telling yeah, the no, story.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, we'll get into that eventually. The newbie games are great. <laughs> but then the the big kaboom happened, which is where I tore my ACL. So, like just approaching winter, like November ish, I think, I tore my ACL and that was a big bummer. I was like, this stinks. <laughs> I was like, that was obviously a big like hindrance. And of course, now that I was I wasn't playing sports, so it wasn't as bad actually, that's a lie. I was getting into winter track as it happened. So I was not playing sports because I tore my ACL, but I was getting super, super into lifting. Like I was very invested at that point. Mm. So that hindrance was almost like, it could have like, I feel like swung me either way. I feel like it's like, I could have been yeah. like, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to take this as a sign. Like and just been lazy and not gotten back into it. But I went the other side, which is like, I got super obsessed with like my body and recovery and like, everything like that so I got super invested in the PT and like I think I was back to lifting upper body in the gym I think two weeks after my surgery maybe even less like I was like I just remember when I stopped I was like I feel terrible like I can't can't even imagine like my muscle atrophied away like I no longer had like a big shoulders that like shrunk one of my buddies said something he's like oh dude your neck looks super long because you have no more shoulders anymore Adam (laughs) and I was like dude you're the worst so like I got back in as fast as I could but I think that's really where, like, the switch flipped. Like, I got obsessed with working out, Mm -hmm. building muscle, being strong, and just, like, trying to be optimal. Because I wanted to be normal again, but I was like, I'm not just going to be normal. I'm going to be better than normal. I was like, I'm going to come out of this surgery, like, legitimately stronger than I was going into it.
1: Why did you think that? Like, what, what was it that, like, made you think, okay, I just had this major setback, but... I have enough, like, in my power to to not just like get back to baseline, but to be like stronger, and then to really have all that functionality. Again. So I think
0: I think a funny thing that happened was, I mean, I had been used to the my personal discipline of going to the gym every day, which I, I mm-hmm. think was great to instill in myself, because then I wasn't gonna skip my exercises for like re-strengthening my leg. Yeah, but then also, so you have that
1: discipline already.
0: Exactly. So that was very helpful. But I think a big thing was I heard there was some parent who had torn their ACL. And I think they were like a soccer player or something in college. And they tore their ACL to basically like derailed their whole career. Mm. And I remember him talking to me and being like, yeah, you're never going to be the same. He's like, it's like sucks. He was just like super like non-encouraging and like. Just defeated. Yeah, it was defeated. And he like tried to push it onto me. I just remember that making me so mad. I was like, dude, you literally are not going to be the one to tell me. How I'm gonna recover. <laughs> and I also Here never like clicked with him. Like I always felt like he was kind of like like unintentionally rude to a lot of people. So he was he was like mm. a parent. So I was like, but like I remember when he said that to me, I was like in my head, I was like, dude, you're so wrong. I was like, you're so wrong. I was like, I'm going to <laughs> That's all you like, needed.
1: That was the spark, yes, right? Literally, there. it was
0: fuel. And I like forgot about this too. But yeah, so that was the fuel. And then my recovery went great. So, like, four months after the surgery, I was already running, which is like crazy fast crazy. recovery. Like yeah, four to five months I was running like and I was loving it too. Like when you lose something and then you get it back, you realize how much you appreciate it. Oh my so gosh, like, yes, it was like imagine like not being able to walk barely to then like I was like running sprints again. I was like, dude, this is awesome. So that
1: mm-hmm.
0: was great and all until da da da. I wonder what happens next, Sean. I, I re I tore my ACL, same exact one, <laughs> five months, five months of recovery. So I got tackled at a youth retreat during a water balloon fight. I wish it was cooler than it is, but it's not. It's about as lame <laughs> as it gets. But I had, I'd literally run. I remember I ran five, six miles the day, the day before too. Yeah. Then I'd felt so good. And I was like, dude, I'm fast again. I was like, I'm getting fast again. And then some kid tackled me, tackled my leg. And I was just like, I just remember I felt the pop. And I opened my eyes. I was on the ground and like the whole camp was around me. And they're like looking at me. They're like, what is like a sandlot moment, dude? Yes, literally. They're like, what's going on with him? And I was like, and everybody knew I'd already torn my, like was recovering from my first tear. And they were like, oh no, dude, you did it again. And I just told everybody I didn't because I didn't want the attention, but Mm -hmm. I did do it again. And then I got, uh, that was in May. So then I got my next surgery in June, I believe, which then segued to college. So when Sean and I were roommates at Liberty, so we met obviously during during and then became roommates. I had been going through the recovery. I was like still like in a full embrace. I think, yeah. And like my scar was still pretty fresh. Like so, I had to do PT in Lynchburg, which was amazing, like the best. Where did you to- go, dude? I could not tell you.
1: It was on, wasn't it, on Ward's?
0: Dude, I cannot tell you. I have no idea. I have you don't no remember it. <laughs> I, I like, I know, I know what it looks like, and I can literally picture like the guys I worked with and everything and like how I drove there, but I don't know any road names in much mm,
1: work. Okay. Yeah.
0: But the training there was awesome. And I think that was like, a, had a big impact on the fact of like, they trained me like I was an athlete. They're like, where do you want to be? I was like, this is my second tear. But I was like, I want to be like, as I said, better than I was,
1: even after like, two. Even after two,
0: I was like, I want to be better than what I was like before both of these. Like, I want to come back super strong. And those dudes like train me like they're like word training you like you're a forward on Liberty's basketball team. He's like, I want you to be explosive. And they would like, they had me doing crazy PT stuff. I remember I showed up once in gray shorts. Never again. I left (laughs) with just the big old butt print on it. I was like, because I would sweat (laughs) so much, dude. It was like hardcore exercise. And then I recovered pretty fast from that too, though, I think. I was probably running with you before the end of that first semester again. We would go and runs yeah. every once in a while. We do like some hit yeah. workouts on turf like I was like kind of yeah, back. I, like that. I, I felt good and I was lifting eh, regimentally my first semester because oh yeah, I did I I partially I partially tore my rotator cuff my, my first semester of college as well cuz like week 2 I think I ego lifted with a couple kids cuz I was like yeah, dude, I throw up heavyweight. So I ego lifted and tweaked my shoulder and then decided to swim. I did swimming. I swam every day. I swam laps in the pool, I think, the rest of that semester, which was dope. Another thing where I was like, this is great cardio because I'm building muscle. I was shredded. Yeah, I remember that. And then I was like, okay, cool. Build muscle. Stay shredded. Stay in shape. Don't lose muscle. And then... I like also healed my shoulder and strengthened my leg at the same time. So this is kind of where like all my, like the gear started turning when I was like, okay, Mm. like these tweaks and injuries start happening, but that doesn't mean I'm like defeated. It means like, okay, I can alter how I train. So like I I would just change my training. And I think that's where like the real bug of like, I want to do personal training. I want to do something in the fitness industry. Cause like, it's so much fun. It's like a puzzle. It's like, you get to figure out Mm -hmm. new things constantly, just like tweak things. So that was super cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I don't know if anything crazy happened after that. I came back that semester and I went heavy into weightlifting. So I was trying to put on mass. I'd like totally, I had terrible muscle atrophy in my right leg. Sean knows. I used to have a noodle leg. <laughs> it was like a normal leg and then like basically a knee and a femur. And it was like, that was it. Femur is your big bone up top or no?
1: Yeah. Femur is like the long one.
0: Yeah yeah so yeah yeah, and my femur like you could just i felt like you could just see my bone in my knee so it was gross so i was just like trying to put on mass and i did that and then from there it was just kind of like i would constantly change how i was training and learn like i was so invested and then i feel Mm -hmm. like that just kind of like led to where i am now like nothing's crazy obviously i i have talked about it before but um i've had i have a slap labrum tear right now on my right shoulder that's not going to get surgically reconstructed. I met with a doctor. My like structure in the shoulders, like still very solid. So it doesn't need reconstruction. But once again, it made me reevaluate, reevaluate how I'm training. I'm like, okay, I'm probably overworking or I'm probably doing this incorrectly. And I'm probably not supporting like, like working on support muscle groups. Like specifically Mm -hmm. in my legs, I've been training a lot more like tibialis wise. I'm in barefoot shoes all the time to strengthen my feet. Like I'm doing like, new things constantly to try to see if I can improve myself and it's like yeah. fun it's like a game like I treat it like a game at least I'm like dude what can I do next so I think that's Absolutely. Kind of where I am now and this is where I shifted to you Jonathan
1: well before we shifted me I want to say well one I've heard you tell this story a couple times but every time you tell it it still is crazy to me that I think most people tear their ACL and they accept that sentence that your soccer buddies, he was trying to tell you like, you're never going to be the same. Yeah. The dad, like I feel like one, someone tears their ACL once and like the majority of their responses are going to be like, this is life now, you know, not running. Maybe I'll swim. Maybe I'll work out, but I'm just going to live like, you know, like this is a permanent thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so the fact that you had it torn once and your reaction was not to like give in to defeat, but to like, actually like be like, no, I'm going to get back to baseline and then I'm going to go farther. And then to have the exact same thing happen a second time within nine months. And you're having two ACL five. surgeries. It was five months. In five months. So in, in a year you had two ACL surgeries. Yeah. Um, That's crazy that you didn't like the first time, like, you're an anomaly for not giving up at that point. And then the second time, like, I think that's just super inspiring. And I hope that people listening hear that and whatever they're going through or dealing with like injury wise, they just hear that and think like, okay, there's so many ways to problem solve. Um, and yeah, like there are some injuries that people like you, you cannot be exactly the same, but like your definition of like healthy and better can evolve and like you can get better than you are totally. in that moment i um, agree like as i, I said just like super inspiring how, yeah
0: shifting how you train it's like and i appreciate that first off but yeah yeah i do agree where it's like it's like the worst thing that ha- that has happened to you is still the worst thing that has happened to you so it's like even if it's something minor that you're not even minor but like an adversity to you is still an adversity and regardless of the i guess how you see it, whether it's like super serious or not that serious, but it's still, if it's having a hindrance, like there is still a way to problem solve it. Like, yeah. and I really do think like you can get through just about everything. Mm. Obviously you need a great support group and it's not like I did any of that alone. I still have people yeah. around me, but yeah, I definitely like, helped to motivate me through like the rest of life in general where I'm like dude I've gone through like I've done stuff so much easier and like that span of one year like felt like forever but in reality I look at it retrospect it's like that's so fast like mm-hmm. not a lot of people can bounce back that quickly so yeah
1: yeah dude um and then one more question for you to to just give everybody who's listening an idea what like where where do you want to go from here um I know like the longer the more episodes we put out like the more people will hear about the kinds of training you're doing the kind of eating you do like how you recover and like your your new barefoot shoes and all that jazz but like where are you trying to go from this point with your fitness health what are your goals any dreams i think uh,
0: the biggest yeah. thing right now i want is i want to do i want to be able to like do every movement i've ever wanted to do pain-free Mm. and I think so that's like a side quest almost (laughs) it's like the main quest is to (laughs) still put on muscle like I still want to put on muscle but I'm not I'm not like bro lifting as much now now I'm like really focusing on like like you wake up one day and you're like I can't touch my toes because my lower back is so tight because clearly I have not been like working rolling stretching so like I've been on like Paige knows like my girlfriend knows more than anybody like I'm rolling constantly like Mm. I'm constantly rolling out my muscles like doing um fascial release and like so like it's one of those things where like i think that's my next goal like still when i squat i have like a sharp spot in my right butt cheek that like flares up and i'm like okay mm. right now that's my objective i was like i'm gonna get rid of that and be able to go as heavy as i want to on front like gobble squats like which is my favorite preferred squat type i want to be able to go as heavy as i want on goblet squats once again because i'm strong enough to do it but i need to make sure like my body's mobile and yeah, you're taking care of it. basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's my goal right now. Sweet. Dude, that's awesome. All right, Sean. That's red. Cool. Well, I'll take over. Um a little intro. Yeah, I think one cool thing that Adam and I share is that we are both very active people. And I think part of uh you can see that in like both of our stories because um it's just like how we are and how we've been. And so maybe I think the one setback that that has for, for those listening that maybe aren't as active is that it's like kind of hard to relate to that. If that's just not who you are, if you're not naturally a super active person. Um, But we still want to like recognize, like there's plenty of people out there who being active isn't the most natural thing, but like kind of um, just convey that it's like, so worth it to like try. And honestly, Hence the name of the podcast. The hardest part is getting started. Um, when the when the going gets tough, you figure out how tough you really are.
0: Um, yeah. And there's I and, think I really think that, like what you said, there's a movement or an activity out there for everybody. It's exactly. Really finding and
1: yeah. searching, putting in effort. Exactly. That's hundred percent it. Right there. So yeah, I mean, like Adam said, uh, we both played lacrosse growing up. I played the little toddler soccer. Um super active kid my parents um yeah gave me lots of opportunities to do that i think they probably figured pretty quickly that i needed an outlet for those things um just because of like high energy levels and so thankfully they gave me them um between lacrosse soccer i loved i loved playing sports and um yeah growing up into into high school so i was homeschooled um like middle through high school. So I went to a small private school up until about sixth grade. And then from there, I switched to homeschooling, which ended up, again, being one of the best things possible uh, for me, even though initially I hated it. Um, I felt like I was ostracized from my community of friends and was like, man, I'm such a weirdo. And like, I hate explaining this to people. And it's just like uncomfortable. And yeah, so I, I was forced to get comfortable with being uncomfortable as well. Uh, through that and then when i ran out of uh like i got too old to play lacrosse for like the the rec leagues because once you get to like what eighth grade it's either like a travel team or like a high school team um so i kind of opted out of the travel team lifestyle i just i don't think i was honestly good enough to really enjoy that uh would have just played the bench but Yeah, lacrosse was fun, but I just never was, like, that good at it. I don't know. Or at least I never felt like I was super good at it.
0: It was not my strongest suit either. I I was good. (laughs) I was athletic, but it was more like I played long stick, and I sucked at defense. I was just good at getting the ball. So it's like I had, like, a perk, but it wasn't, like, the game of lacrosse that I was good at, I felt like.
1: Yeah. Lacrosse is such a niche. I mean, it's not so much anymore, but I feel like when we were growing up, it was such a Maryland thing. Yes. Which is where we're both from. It's very East Coast. Yeah, but – but yeah, so another like a random niche sport, rowing. Um, super cool though. I think it's definitely way more popular with colleges because a lot of colleges have rowing programs. It's like historically a collegiate sport. Um, but yeah, we, we had like tons of water access where we grew up. So like the Severn River lets out of the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, we were like, yeah, 10, 15 minutes from the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Yeah. Um and so, yeah, rowing I had a friend a friend's mom suggested that I try out for the rowing team because she thought I would be a good coxswain, which is like the very small um light person sitting in the very back of the boat and they have like a headset and a speaker, and they call out the strokes and they like steer. But I went online and googled rowers and was like, "I want to be shredded and jacked like these guys um. Unfortunately, I stopped growing when I was probably 15, maybe. <laughs> so I like top out here at five, eight and just mm-hmm. didn't really stand a chance against like your standard, like collegiate rower body standard type, which rowing is like, at least like six feet, uh, six feet is like short and like six, eight is like preferred, you know, um, wasn't really able to compete on that level but I had a huge chip on my shoulder because I felt like I was short and I felt like nobody really took me seriously. So I went super hard with rowing and that's when I met Adam, uh, junior year. And I just loved it. The team aspect was great. It was a great community. Um, and it, it definitely normalized like daily exercise for me and it made me interested in exercise. So that was a huge benefit. Um, and we had a coach that was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Coach Lyman, Phil Lyman, um, he was just an absolute um, legend, and yeah, he was was, was such a cool guy for so many reasons. But he really, he really like if if I I was telling somebody this recently, if I had transferred the principles that he used to coach us in rowing to when I started running uh, ultra distances then I would probably never have gotten injured as badly as I did Um, because he like understood the exercise science of like aerobic endurance sports super well. And he coached us super well. Every Saturday we had fun runs where he would get us out and we would run like, I don't know, maybe five miles, but we would like walk every two minutes. So we'd run for two minutes, walk for two minutes. And that was like the best recovery anyone could ask for. Yeah, totally. Like we were just like totally just circulating blood, like loosening all of our super tight like hips and backs. And yeah, so rowing was great. I rowed until the winter of senior year where I started to develop like an overuse like repetition injury. Um, I didn't realize it in the boat because I was able to just like kind of maintain like bad mechanics without, feeling it but as soon as i got on the indoor rower with a stable flat environment i just couldn't row for like 10 minutes um my back would hurt so bad i had like super bad sciatica so my like my my left foot would go numb and like my hip would hurt so bad and i was i literally like was twisting my body was twisting because the way i was sitting in the boat and so there was just no way i could row um basically throughout any opportunities to row in college because I couldn't compete the spring of my senior year, which was supposed to be like my, you know, my actual Peak. peak, you know, performance and showcasing my ability. And I was like competing at a decent level. I mean, I was definitely not pulling the splits of our best guys, but I think I had my technique down enough and I like showed the coaches that I like really wanted it enough to like give me a chance. And I think, um, I hope that I, you know, was worthy of that because I did get to row varsity a couple times, uh, throughout senior year and yeah, it was really fun. But yeah, anyways, transitioning into college, like I was not, I would say that Adam was way more into fitness when we got to school. Like I was all over the map. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know what I was going to study. I thought I wanted to do digital media and running was just kind of like, Something that I did because I feel like, okay, I need to work out. But every time I go to the gym with Adam or with somebody else, bad, I walk gosh. away feeling injured. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I walk away feeling like I am not going to be okay for multiple days. Which is and not it was good. because I was ego lifting. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I was trying to do what the boys were doing because I wanted to feel strong and I wanted to feel healthy. I wanted to feel fit. And I wanted to not put on the freshman 15 or 20. Um And so I was like, okay, gym's not my thing. Lifting's not my thing, but I really like running. And then I found these like trails behind Liberty. A friend showed me some of these trails, um, right on campus. And I was like, this is me. It just felt right. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the aerobic endurance side of it was pretty natural crossover from rowing in high school. So I started running on trails, really enjoyed that, um, Never took it super seriously. I just did it because it was like, yeah, this is my exercise. I try to exercise like multiple times a week and got some trail shoes, really enjoyed wearing those, like getting out on soft surfaces. I like that way more than running on roads. And I never consider myself like a serious runner. I remember, it's funny, you said you did a five mile run with your dad in middle school because I remember the first time I ran five miles was freshman year of college. Wow. And I remember calling my dad and being like, "Dad, I just ran five miles without stopping." And he was like, "That's amazing. you're that's, that's so, so cool. great." And I was like, i I was like, man, like that was the coolest feeling because back then, like my idea of fitness was like, how far can I go without stopping, right? Yeah, And I didn't understand what real endurance was. <laughs> At that point, I just was like excited to be out there and like totally. breathing easily enough to like finish the workout. so. Yeah, I remember running that day. And then, um, yeah, so I kind of wavered in and out of, like, training with running in college. And then sophomore year, my friend told me about this race. He was like, yeah, dude, it's insane. It's 31 miles. And I was like, what? Like, that's wild. And he was like, dude, I did it. I didn't even really train. And I was like that's crazy. I want to do it. And I remember seeing he had this shirt and it said promised land 50 K and it it had like the Patagonia logo on the back. And it was like, just so cool to me. I was like, yeah, I was like, that is sick. So that was sophomore year. Uh, Sophomore year was when COVID uh, broke March of 2020. That was when I was a sophomore. So there was no promised land that year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going into junior year, that's when I started to run like almost every day. I think, uh, just like a lot of things happening in my life, running became like therapy for me. And so it wasn't so much a physical thing as it was like, I needed to get outside. I needed to be alone and I needed to like, have something like very physical every single day to like be okay. And so it wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing, but it definitely helped me cope with like a lot of things going on really stressful in my life. And then I, I remember I signed up for half marathon on trails i did it it was super hard but it was really fun and it was over so quick that's what I felt like Dang. so i was like man like i can definitely do better than i just did like i really sold myself short um and like i want to i want to do that again and then i remember another friend a brother of my my roommate at the time I know he had done this ultra called holiday Lake. Cause I remember seeing him the day he got back from it the year before and being like, dude, how did you run 30 miles? And he was like, yeah, you just do it. Keep going." And so I called him and I was like, Hey Al, um, I'm thinking about signing up for holiday Lake, but it's only like three or four weeks away. Do you think I should do it? And he was like, yeah, totally. How much have you trained? And I was like, um i mean not a lot but like i've been running a decent amount and he was like yeah man you'll be good just get just get some good training in like the next couple of weeks and like you'll be fine and um so i was like yeah okay like what's the worst thing that could happen and he was like well you know when i did it last year it turns out i found out i had like fractures in my feet afterwards so like that's the worst thing that could happen but you'll be fine if you train at all you'll be great and i was like okay so what's the worst that could happen i could break both my feet um and then i was like that's not gonna happen so yeah so i went on i found some kids who i knew were doing it my friend will and my friend logan and i was like hey like can we get out on the on the course and they were like yeah so we did a 20 mile run on the course that was my longest run to date and i was like i think like, I think I can do this, you know, I think I can do this, and I was, I was actually in a class at Liberty called, it was, um it was a PE class, it was a elective, it was running class, and it turns out the professor of the running class is known, none other than David Horton, who's, like, a ultra running legend, um, easily, like, the most accomplished runner I've ever met, um, and, like, arguably the grandfather of ultra running on the East Coast, at least, like, he started a lot of races that have gotten a lot of people into ultra running and he has inspired an like untold number of of um, i mean pro athletes um, at this point so just a legend and also at the time i just thought he was kind of a mean mean old guy cuz <laughs> i would go into his class and me being like egotistical would be like i can do i can run holiday lake and he was like i don't think you'll even finish and i'm like yeah well i bet you i'll do under five hours and he was like there's no way you go under five hours so i make a bet with the david horton that i will go under five hours in my first 50k and he bet his like patagonia jacket on it that i would <laughs> so like he knew i was not <laughs> gonna be able to do it but i believed in myself <laughs> So we get out there and it is the worst weather in course history. Uh, it was like this huge ice storm in 2021 over Valentine's Day weekend where we could hardly get to the start of the race. It was crazy. Um, and I ran like five and a half hours. I had no idea what I was doing. I only drank water. I didn't take any electrolytes. I, didn't hardly, I probably <laughs> took like two or three goos that were disgusting. I ate some pickles. He saw me because it's a looped course. So there's two loops. And Horton saw me at the end of my first loop and like the look on his face, I just knew like had messed up and like, he knew something I didn't know. <laughs> and I was like, Oh God, like I have to do everything. I just did again. And it was a disaster. I was wearing like road shoes and the trail was covered in ice and mud. Mm. Uh, I did not have the right gear. I didn't have the right jacket. I didn't have the right gloves. I was just, It was like 34 degrees and just pouring down rain. Uh, It was the coldest I've ever been. I had like severe hypothermia. When I finished, I laid down on the ground. I don't really remember this, but there's a picture of me laying in a like in a metal chair, like I'm falling out of. And then I remember laying on the ground and I remember these two older ladies coming in being like, hey, are you, are you, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to rest for a minute. And they were like, you can't rest here. And I was like, I ah, I just need to lay down. And they were like, You're not not here. Like, you're not laying down outside nah. in the rain. So they picked me up and they like put me around their shoulders and kind of carried me into this cabin and put this like huge thermal blanket on me and like started feeding me some coffee. And and I started to come back to life. And I was like, man, I know I can do better than what I just did. Yeah, <laughs> like immediately I was like, that was the worst experience of my, of like one of the worst experiences of my life today. And I want to do it again. Cause I know I can do better than Dude, I just something did. Something more classic than just a cup of coffee and Sean being like, yes,
0: m- I can do something more. Just the yeah. absolute realization as soon as the coffee yeah. gets your lips.
1: Dude, it was, it was crazy. And then after that I ran seven more ultras in 2021. <laughs> um which is crazy because i don't think many people do like you know three or four or even five marathons in a year Uh, i had never run a marathon i just went from a half on trails to a 50k and i did another 50k and then i did a 42 miler and a 50 miler and another 50k and another 50k and then 100k in my first year of running so needless to say I went like overboard and a half on ultra running. I was like, this is my thing. I love it. I was having a blast, but I was also over all the time. And then no. I under undertrain cause I was injured. And then I would, you know, get upset cause I didn't know what was wrong and I didn't understand what I was doing at all. And my training was just bogus. And then I, so going into my second year of ultra running, which was last year, 2022, i was pretty injured to start out and then i trained really hard for the same race that i had done the year before holiday like ran as fast as i could ended up finishing fourth and i remember trying to recover from that race and going for a run shortly after and not being able to run three miles without being in like severe pain so i had same, just
0: run same injury from uh, rowing
1: You know, yes, that's the thing is, like, I had never fully dealt with my asymmetry that I got during that senior year of rowing. And five, six years later, it was still plaguing me. So it's crazy that I could have been dormant for, like, three years I didn't notice it because I wasn't training super hard. I wasn't really exercising that much at all. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't hardly run um, at all. So... Yeah, so, okay, it's like, all right, something needs to change. Um, finished out senior year of college, going into the summer. Um, I'm working construction. I go on a trip to Colorado, and I watch some of, like, the best ultra runners in the world right now compete at Hard Rock uh, 100-Miler. And I was like, I'm fired up. Like, <laughs> kind of like Adam's, like, I'm gonna, I'm going to overcome this. Like, I'm yeah. fired up um it ended up like before then i was i was doing things i was starting to figure out like i need to like i need to do things differently i need to train differently i need to recover better i need to like sleep more i need to stretch more i need to do more mobility work and then i went to hard rock i ran a lot of the course with two buddies the week before i ran like 60 miles on the course and then uh watched the race and i came home and i was like okay like I'm like, I'm doing this. Um, And then that's when I met um, my friend Jacob, who ended up coaching me through a lot of last year. And just with working with him, changing my diet, changing my training style, and um, changing my approach to a lot of races, I've had like, more success than ever. Uh, And just like, my personal standard of success has changed a little bit. But I still won two races. And Got fifth place at a hundred miler, finished my first hundred miler. And then um, yeah, I got sixth place at a hundred K. Uh, that's um that's pretty difficult. So that's so nuts. Yeah, man. I I am like I'm evolving too, like not in the exact same way as Adam, but like endurance is definitely my thing. I'm trying to figure out how I can do endurance in a sustainable way, I'm trying to figure out how to eat right, trying to figure out how to recover adequately but then also like yeah get that like stimulate that just like strong aerobic endurance um but then also like recognizing that you know being a fast runner doesn't mean you're a healthy person you know yeah and being being a strong ultra runner and having like a successful career means that you like spend less of it injured than you spend you know, healthy. It's like a successful (laughs) career is not 70% injured, 30% healthy. Like for me, a successful career is like 99% healthy, you know, uh, and like minimally Mm -hmm. injured. So yeah, from here, I think my goal is just to like, keep problem solving kind of like Adam, um, and just find like the most sustainable way to, to train and, to try to get as fast as I can and as strong as I can without compromising like my actual health because at the end of the day like ultra running is super fun and I love it and it's like a passion and racing makes it all like worth it but um it's not more important than like a lot of other things in life and just like being like a whole human totally. so yeah that's, that's me. Super
0: cool yeah one thing I had I had noted like further back I had brought it up before I can't remember what I what word or description I used as like a reoccurring theme throughout your story but like basically the one thing I always noticed and I've always known about you like since the day I met you is it's like like the same thing when the lady was like yeah you're gonna be a coxswain and you're like no I'm not an idiot like <laughs> you didn't call her that obviously but you're like it's That's like funny. that that like the stubbornness it's like the good stubbornness the stubbornness like you've always had that but like everything yeah. I've ever seen you do it's always like yeah okay you say nah it's not gonna happen like when your coach like your coach challenge you, your teacher challenge you it's like yeah okay sure dude maybe in your eyes but i'm gonna go
1: it's yeah. like
0: that like little like that chip on your shoulder like that prove people yeah. wrong type mentality me- uh, mentality mentality it's like where did where do you think that stemmed from or is there like a key moment where you felt like that a mm. little edge got set into you or do you think that's always just been
1: something that's been instilled in you dude that's a great question i think um yeah, I think I don't know, I've always felt like like I don't quite fit in to any particular group or place that I've been. Uh, there have definitely been moments where I felt like I belonged, but then always just like kind of a nagging question of like, do I really fit in? And I think I used to I used to hate that. I used to want to fit in so bad. And then I realized like when I was getting to the end of college, like the last thing I want to do is be like everybody else. And I don't mean that in like an arrogant or like egotistical way, but I I think I mean like the last thing I want to do is kind of like push down who I am or ignore like the reality that like, I believe, you know, God made me to do something with my life and to like, to be um, a different kind of person than like what people expect um, in a positive way. And I think I started to realize like, this is me. And like, I'm, I might never feel like I belong or like, not like I don't belong, but I might never feel like I fit in, but that's fine. I don't care anymore. Um, And I really, I really, if we're being like really honest, like I started running because I was insecure. Like I felt like I needed to, to do something, you know, to be healthy, to be strong. I didn't want to be just like, a lazy bum and i wasn't sure if i had the work ethic like i really was like never comfortable and confident to say like i can do hard things even after i had run 60 miles through the middle of the night i was still asking myself like do i really have what it takes like can i really finish what i start and i just that question just like plagues me and i think i'm still dealing with that insecurity now it's like it plays out in different areas of my life but running is just an avenue for me to kind of express who I am and also like test, like, yeah, do I, can I do what I say I'm going to do? And like, can I finish what I start? But then it's not just like, oh, can I finish this race or can I win this race? It's like, can I run like the long race? Like, can I do life well? Um, yeah, but yeah, I think, I mean, insecurity definitely kind of pushed me to want to do something that extreme because I, I had a, that big of a doubt like I my doubts about myself were so deep that I need to run you know a 100 miles to prove to myself that Mm -hmm. I could do something hard um which is ridiculous like most people don't even need to run like a marathon to prove themselves they can do something hard so that's like a personal problem but at the same (laughs) time it is like it is driving me to experience these things that I wouldn't do otherwise so I'm kind of like I'm kind of grateful for it I see it as like it's like a weakness or like a flaw almost but it's something that like if I take the right attitude and I um take like a wise approach and like a a strategic approach to it I can actually use it as a strength so
0: yeah yeah yeah. it's super cool I mean when when you said that it kind of made me think of something else too where it was like a lot of times like you said you were like oh I don't know if I can do hard things but like I don't think that's ever something I noticed like I'm also like competitive, and I also like question myself in the exact same way. And we both did rowing. I felt like we were definitely like, especially JV. Like I always bring up like the Ergo competition where we did our first (laughs) stupid five k on the our stupid our first five k in the Ergs. It's like Sean and I were the two guys. Like literally, like the the ladies came up to us when we first started pulling, and they're like, "By the way, the pace you're holding is really is yeah." They're like, "The pace you're holding is really great, but it's not sustainable for the five k." And I was like, yeah, okay. Maybe for you, dude. And I Adam like,
1: looked at my splits and he was like, yeah, right. And I looked yeah, at him and exactly. like, I got to keep up. We're,
0: we're right next to each other. And it's one of those things where it's like funny because it's like, in reality, I think, okay, in that moment, we probably could have worked harder, but we were working yeah. very hard. And okay. Yeah. We finished first and second, but somebody could have been working harder and finished yeah. in a lower placement than we did. And I think yeah. that's like, that's the thing. It's like, because you're not placing high or you're like not ranking, say, better than other people in a category doesn't mean you're not capable of hard things. Yeah. So it's like everybody's going to be at a different stage and it has a disadvantage mm. in a certain extent. So I think yeah. that's like what's important. And another thing that used to like block me from I was like, I stink at this because like when we do bench press, dude, I'm like always in last place. And that's still how I am. Like I'm very bad at bench press. But it was like I let that define me. And I was like, dude, I'm not because of that. I just can't work hard when it comes to weights. And I'm like, not good at this. But in reality, yeah. it's like, no, dude, I might have to work double as hard or whatever. Or like, I'm still working hard. But I, I, I lost my train of thought there. But like, basically, what I'm saying is it's like, you can, you're capable of hard things even if your placement doesn't go to a status yeah. of where you're satisfied.
1: Yeah. Satisfied. Yeah. I mean, that plays into like a lot of what we talked about with like ego lifting and like, I mean, the dangers of that because like there is a, there's a level of like okay if you're a competitive athlete like these are the standards right like these are the times that you need to run to qualify for an Olympic marathon like these are the weights you need to lift to be like a competitive you know weightlifter like um powerlifter like whatever it is but then when we're talking about like life and health and longevity that comparison just like kills it kills your mm-hmm. motivation it kills your confidence and it doesn't do anything for you or the other person. Right. Like I don't get anything out of looking at somebody and being like, man, they're so much faster than me. I feel like crap. Like I'll never get there. It's like, what, don't worry about what he's doing. I mean, yeah. Like learn from, learn from his like technique, learn from his training strategy, like those kinds of things, but don't like walk away and just focus so much time on, the times other people are putting up or the weights they're moving because yeah, like you said, it's like, everybody is moving from a relative baseline and what's important is that like you commit to it, you do what you say you're going to do and you do your best on the day. I agree. You know, cause like, exactly. like, it was like your coach, like when you give it your all, I mean, that's what I've come to determine as like, okay, my success, there's like different things. It's like in a race, if I finish a race and I'm like, I gave that my all, I feel so satisfied. I mean, I could come in like 50th, 100th, 200th place and I gave that my absolute best. And there's no, I could not have even given another ounce. Then I feel like, yeah, like I did my best, you know? Totally. And that's a good feeling. And that's like, to me, that's winning for me. I I agree. Uh, And it's even more fun when you do beat everybody else, but like, that's not a guarantee. It's never a guarantee. Um, but then there's like, those races that I've done where I'm like, I didn't give that everything. And it didn't matter that I won. Like I, I didn't give it everything. And I kind of feel like, man, I shortchanged myself there. Um, But yeah, just getting comfortable with that level. Yeah, I just, like,
0: I just wanted to say that because I don't want like people to think like that's a barrier of entry. Yeah, for sure. It's not at all. It's like go in and do you, get the task done. And that's like the yeah. most important thing. Like I posted something yeah. on my YouTube the other day and it was like, that it was like a progress picture thing for my YouTube shorts that I've been making. And it was literally just like, keep showing up. Like that's all that matters. Just keep showing up. And eventually you will hit a successful completion satisfaction in your own mind, your own way. It's like a battle between yourself basically.
1: Yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's kind of the point I'm, I was trying to make is like for everybody, like leaving it all out there looks different, you know? Totally. And that's, it's taken into consideration, like all the factors in your life. Do you have kids? Are you sleeping well? Is your job really stressful? Um, But like, I think what, what I struggled with and what like a lot of people struggle with, especially with injuries and setbacks is like, am I worth the amount of effort that it takes to like get back or to even get healthy in the first place? And the answer is always yes. Like yeah, the answer is always like, yes, you, you as a person, as a human, like you are, worth the money the time the effort the frustration the difficulty those like late nights it's all worth it um because like you can't really give back to anyone if you don't believe that like you're worth it to like to put that time and that effort into being a healthy and whole person so
0: 100 boom
1: that's all we got for today
0: that's all we got Bellas and ladies, everybody and ladies. listening,
1: yeah, sweet. Thanks for tuning in, people. Sean, thank you for sharing your story, dude. Thank you, Adam. Dude, you're welcome. All right, if I rambled at the end there, <laughs> no, it's okay. With
0: rambling's good. Um, all right, that's guys, what podcasts
1: are for, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Right. Who else is gonna listen to us? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me and you, baby.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, well, uh, we'll talk. To, see you. Talk, talk to you guys. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, Lisa. Peace.